Welcome back. It's Saturday, the 15th day of July, the Ides of July, 2023. I'm your host, Mark Call, and I want to start off this week's summary of what's been going on with an assessment of the bigger picture, as if it isn't increasingly, not just obvious, but undeniably so. The official narrative's falling apart, the fiat dollar's falling apart, the big lie is falling apart, and literally everything that's been built upon it is also falling apart. And guess what, folks? That means that those that have been getting away with it all this time, oh, do you think they're going to fess up? No, they're doubling down. And we saw that writ large, too. So where, oh, where to begin in such a target-rich environment? And arguably, since we probably need to work our way up to the American Gestapo and the test line that's been going on there, let's start a bit earlier with, uh, well, this. And as that theme might suggest, we're going to start off our look at the week that was with the good, the bad, and the ugly. The good might be a bit surprising. Here's one from the Epic Times that says, Walt Disney World crowd sizes over the July 4th holiday weekend were, quote, shockingly thin, according to tracking data provider Touring Plans, which predicted that the low attendance trend seems poised to continue. Hey, there's a shocker, but at least it's good news. Amid ongoing conservative backlash, that's anybody that can read scripture or even has an understanding of human history, against what some describe as the woke agenda, which may be an understatement, because they're beyond that. Some of us might suggest instead that it's grooming, pedophilia, or even outright perversion. Wrote Becky Gandillion of Touring Plans, the analyst here, quote, This is not normal. These are not peak summer crowds. These are shockingly low, with emphasis, crowds, she wrote. And here's even better news. All signs, she continues, point to this continuing in the short and long term. And you know what, folks? Part of the reason I put this story in the good news intro category was because I'm almost starting to have a problem with the term pedophilia anymore. I have no doubt that there are a lot of people that get their kicks from sexually abusing or torturing kids. That's really not philia. But I suspect that there are a whole lot of these people that just plain hate kids and want to see them dead by any means possible. And I think what we're really seeing here is just a manifestation and people's reaction to it of that attitude. But whatever the motivation, Disney's been embroiled in a legal and political fight, it continues, with Florida Governor Ron DeSantis, which was triggered by the company's opposition to a bill that bans teaching perversion to preschoolers and grade schoolers, or talking about sexual orientation, or trying to push gender identity in kindergarten through third grade. Why, think about it. Who could possibly have a problem with teaching innocent little kids crap like that instead of reading or writing or even simple mathematics? The once at least perceived family-oriented company also faced streaming system losses, and its stock was recently downgraded in part due to fears of lower attendance, now justified, at its Disney World and Disneyland theme parks. And while this is at least a step in the right direction, the really good news would be if this abomination simply went completely bankrupt and disappeared. I would have to suggest they're probably on the list of the top ten most anti-human and outright satanic companies on planet Earth. 
But there is one interesting difference here that needs to be pointed out. If Disney was to go bankrupt, it's doubtful that there'd be anybody step up to take their place quite as rapidly as, say, Monsatan or Pfizer where the acquisition would be funded by somebody just as evil and intending to occupy that same satanic niche, as we've actually seen demonstrated when Bear bought Monsatan. By the way, there's one other explanation here for the good news of Disney's parks taking a hit. Zero Hedge and Tyler Durden suggested a trip to Walt Disney World or Disneyland with the whole family, if you're obtuse enough to do that to them, is just too expensive besides. Not counting the spiritual cost in a land full of Biden inflation, most families just simply can't afford the ridiculous prices there anymore. Why, think about it. If you want them to grow up to be little perverts, you can just let the public schools have at them. Here's more of what might be good news, but there are certainly elements of both the good and the bad, yeah, and the ugly too in it. The U.S. Marine Corps, says a piece from Reuters, is in a historic leadership limbo due to a blockade of promotions by the Republican leadership in the Senate. The Marine Corps says it is now without a Senate-confirmed leader, sick, for the first time in over a century, thanks to a Republican senator's block on military nominations. Retiring General David Berger has formally relinquished command on Monday as the Marine Corps Commandant, creating the first of several possible vacancies of Senate-confirmed leaders, sick, on the U.S. military's Joint Chiefs of Staff over coming months. And we have Republican Senator Tommy Tuberville of Alabama to thank for it, who's blocked hundreds of military nominations from the current regime for moving forward. Because he believes, and who could doubt this, that the Pentagon is improperly using government funding. And maybe he's even too narrowly focused here because there's all kinds of improper things that they're doing other than actually defending the republic. But his objection is they're violating the law by using government funding to cover travel costs for abortions for service members and their dependents. And we all know that's just the tip of the iceberg. What they don't seem to care much about is military readiness, much less defending these United States. Now, here's the irony, and this is at least a bit of good news, even though it's disgusting and ugly at the same time. U.S. Defense Secretary, that's ugly, Lloyd Austin has denounced the delay at Berger's retirement ceremony, saying it was, are you ready for this? Talk about ugly. He claims that the senator is undermining readiness. This from the guy who's ignoring military readiness in favor of obscene political correctness, literally run amok. Hell, folks, they don't even know what flag they serve anymore. And teaching wannabe Marines crap instead of how to fight. On then to the unabashedly bad, although not surprising. This one comes from the People's Voice TV, and it says the World Economic Forum intends that CBDCs, and that, of course, is the mark of the beast, also known as central bank digital currencies, must be, get this, implanted under your skin if you want to participate in society. Does that sound remotely familiar? This time it's Professor Richard Werner, one of their golden boys, who said that in the very near future, citizens will, quote, need to use the latest technology, such as a, quote, CBDC chip implant, in order to access their bank accounts or buy things like food and water. In case you haven't heard of this scumbag, Professor Richard A. Werner is an economist and professor of banking and finance known as the proponent of the new post-crisis monetary policy that he named QE for quantitative easing, which he proposed back in Japan in 1995 as chief economist of a British investment bank. And now he's saying that you, quote, have to think of CBDCs as a control system or a permit system and not a currency. It's a conditional currency, he taught, 
based on you actually getting that permit. And at least isn't that refreshingly honest, folks? Now, he said if you happen to be some kind of critic of government policy or critic of central banks, that could be difficult. Uh, and I think he means for you, you slave you. Or if you dare step out of the 15-minute city zone, you know, maybe you'll find that, oh, my CBDC is not working. Of course, these are things we've already seen in China. There are plenty of videos when somebody tries to use it to buy a ticket, and it doesn't work because his social credit scores are low. And, of course, there's no right to appeal in a system like this, and I'm sure the professor thinks that is just wunderbar. There's a lot more to the story, but ultimately, all you got to do is read Revelation and, you know, right where it heads. Which takes us right to the ugly, and not just the merely ugly, but if you remember the old joke and then later the movie, Coyote Ugly. This one comes courtesy of Maureen Callahan, who seems to get it, writing for the Daily Mail. A trans contestant, she notes, has won Miss Sick Netherlands. And one look at the faces of the runners-up reveals what those women are really thinking, but uh, don't dare say. And it begins this way. Add beauty pageants to the list of women's spaces that are no longer, well, spaces for women. The new Miss Netherlands, sick, crowned on Saturday, is a transgender model named Ricky Valerie Collet. And her next stop, the Miss Universe pageant, which is no longer Miss Universe either. And it's now owned by transgender business mogul Anne Jakrajatatip. Almost as bad, continues Callahan, is that biological women like us are supposed to cheer and be exhilarated by this latest theft of what womanhood even means. Yep, she says, take a look at the faces of those runners-up. More than a few look like they're in shock, and rightly so. Women in beauty pageants, the real ones, have every expectation of maybe losing. But to another woman. But losing to a biological male? And if you look at the pictures on the story, folks, it looks like he's even sporting a package. And I'll admit, it's disgusting and, yep, downright ugly to even think about asking the question, now that we have to. But losing to a biological male who has invaded yet another event that, in its very founding and mission statement, is specific to women? She's going to talk about a whole bunch of other stuff. I'm going to skip over that. The pictures in here are disgusting enough and, yes, downright ugly. And by the way, if you have any doubts on that score, you haven't done it lately, pick up a Bible and turn to Deuteronomy chapter 22, verse 5. Read what it says. And I can say this without fear of contradiction, because those who think this is just fine won't even have one of those books anywhere close by to do it. And there's at least one other thing to consider, says the author. Plenty of women, myself included, really aren't fans of beauty pageants. I find them degrading at best, dangerous at worst, because they valorize, she said, conventional female beauty above things like smarts, talent, ambition. You know, the important things, the things that last. But if there's anything that kind of shines in this so-called beauty pageant result, it's that the majority of people who watched were none too happy. Wrote one of them, we've had enough of this bullshit. And as I bleep that word, folks, you all know what it was anyway, I can't help but think that it was quite appropriate. Maybe I shouldn't have bleeped it at all, because there comes a time, and we're there, to call things what they literally, truly are. Said another, well done. A man has now just stolen the first place of an actual woman and gets applause for it. Full circle, we just killed 200 years of work for women who fought for actual equality. And I can't help but think here, Don Pardo, tell them what they've won. Oh, yeah, they got it. And actual equality doesn't look nearly so good now, does it? It seems, surprise, 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 the feminists have brought themselves to a place where they're far worse off than they ever were. Gee, folks, almost like there was a reason why the Creator wrote in the book of Genesis, male and female, he created them. 
And uglier still, anybody who knows better, continues Maureen Callahan, will be smeared as a, they've got a new acronym for it now, TERF, a so-called trans-exclusionary radical feminist, which is another word for bigot. But ultimately, it's just another misogynistic bullying tactic. Unquote. And I gotta stop here. Notice how the radical feminism still kind of oozes through. She doesn't get it yet, it seems. It's not misogynistic to love women the way the creator of the universe made them and to say they ought to recognize and appreciate that. And so should men. And that's not all. Speaking of ugly, and back to the Daily Mail piece, how about things like childbirth? Well, it's not for women anymore. Breastfeeding? How dare we? And biology? Yeah, forget science, folks. It's now a mere construct. Even the idea of menstruation is no longer female-specific. The new term is, get this, what idiocy, menstruator. And that means anyone who menstruates, even if it's just bleeding from a pussy wound that'll never heal because they had something that they weren't ever going to be allowed to use anyway, cut off and replaced with, well, an ugly hole. And it's ironic to hear a uh, self-professed feminist say something like this. With every passing day, she concludes women who are seeing the severity of what's happening here, this systematic attempt to gaslight us into being semi-beings whose actual needs don't matter anymore, whose protections don't hold, and whose singular ability to give birth and sustain life is minimized. As a matter of fact, those who are pulling this off successfully at this point don't even want anybody to be able to sustain life much less give birth the mother-child bond unique throughout nature and honored since the dawn of humanity is now mocked so she concludes if you think miss netherlands is just another beauty pageant think again and yeah folks this is truly ugly and with apologies folks i'm going to follow that up with another story that really brings home the point this one comes courtesy of WorldNet Daily and the Daily Caller News Foundation. And it's about a combination of evils. In this case, a genital surgery robot cranking out high volumes of sex changes. Surgeons, it begins at Oregon Health and Science University, sick, are using a medical robot to assist with vaginoplasties or the surgical construction of a vagina and vulva, according to various posts on the organization's website. Their gender program, urological program, and reconstructive urology referral center all boast a high volume of clients, no doubt successfully duped by the public indoctrination centers and mass psychosis propaganda, and Dr. Blair Peters, the surgeon leading the gender deconstruction program, boasted that their gender surgery clinic had, quote, the highest volume on the West Coast and could operate two robot-assisted vaginoplasties each and every day, according to a recent report from the Manhattan Institute's City Journal. And in addition, they offer all kinds of other genital mutilation surgeries. At least the City Journal gets the name right here. The vaginoplasty robot, which they dub the castration machine, allows surgeons to use internal tissue to construct what they call a vagina. It works for some things that they're really hot for, but not so much for others that they could care less about. And it supplants the more common technique of mutilating men by reusing male genital tissue. I'm not going to read the rest of this crap, folks, other than to say, hey, you know what? If you want to do more than that number of surgeries per day, all you got to do is just call it what it is, and a robot with a machete would no doubt suffice. And i got to ask again, what's beyond ugly? From there, let's move on a bit to some of the things that are the most important, the most ignored, and then the most overhyped. And some of them are going to overlap just a bit. So we probably need to start chronologically. 
And that means this one. RT's been talking it up, but for the most part, Waystream News, especially the Western financial press, has been ignoring it. Russia confirms that BRICS is intending to launch a new trading currency backed by gold at their August summit. According to their state-run media, the Russian government has confirmed that Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa, collectively known as the BRICS nations, will introduce their new trading currency backed by gold during the upcoming BRICS summit in South Africa next month. But speculation is literally rampant about whether or not it will mark the end of fiat currencies. There's nothing else in the world left at this point, especially, of course, the almighty U.S. dollar, which is no longer even the petrodollar. Kitco, in their report, quotes Thorsten Pollitt, chief economist at Degusa, who said at first glance, a new transaction unit backed by gold sounds like good money, and it could be, first and foremost, a major challenge to the U.S. dollar's hegemony. For making the new currency as good as gold, a truly sound currency, it must be convertible to gold on demand. And he said, I'm not sure whether this is what Brazil, Russia, India, China, and South Africa have in mind. But using gold as money, the unit of account would truly be a game changer, no doubt about it. It could lead to a sharp devaluation of many fiat currencies vis-a-vis the real money yellow metal. And it certainly could catapult prices of goods up in terms of fiat currencies. I guess we'd have to say continued out-of-control Biden inflation. It could be a shock to the global fiat money system as well. And I'm not sure, he said, that this is what the BRICS wish to achieve. Well, he's uh, perhaps alone in wondering whether or not that's the case. Meanwhile, the idiot masquerading as U.S. Treasury Secretary, Janet Yellen, took in the news with statements that critics are calling truly delusional. She said, quote, I just want to reiterate what I've said in the past, which is I think the United States can rest assured that the dollar is going to play the dominant role in facilitating international transactions and serving as a reserve currency in the years ahead. The river was deep, but I swam it. The future is ours, so let's plan it. So please, don't tell me to can it. I have one thing to say, and that's damn it, Janet. And no, she said, I don't see that role being threatened by any development. (laughs) What, you mean even a senile pedophile tyrant that stole an election being revealed for the bribe-taking communist Chinese puppet traitor that he is? Or something else? Yeah, she continued, and that includes the BRICS common currency that you've mentioned. QTR's French finance, on the other hand, echoed by Zero Hedge of Tyler Durden, writes that this is something she's probably going to want to take back at some point. Meanwhile, the announcement from BRICS is a key waypoint to the larger map of dethroning the U.S. dollar as the world's global reserve currency. And not only does it solidify what we already know, that gold is real money, but it's also the most pronounced public challenge yet to the U.S. dollar on the global stage. And remember, folks, as Dr. Ron Paul has frequently pointed out, any previous challenges to the dollar hegemony, such as by Muammar Gaddafi or remember Saddam Hussein, have been met with war, albeit generally undeclared. And I guess this time around, it'd be tough to escalate that too much more than they're already trying. Maybe, though, the pieces are starting to fit together. The author also quoted Andy Shackman, who said, when you look at countries that have expressed interest already in joining BRICS, they have substantial gold holdings. The numbers are increased among those who want to join, and there are over 60 countries that have lined up in a queue to join. Says the author, the next thing I'll be looking for will be, and here I guess you'd have to add in the word additional, folks, because they've already taken at least one shot across the bow of the dollar, cooperation from the Saudis, who, because of their dominance in oil markets, can certainly help affect the chains necessary to grow the new currency. 
So pay attention to the real alternatives, he concludes. And no matter what skepticism you may hear from the dollar bulls, the wheels are now already in motion. Adds another pundit, many of whom, like your host, have been talking about these developments for literally years at this point. It's one thing to be naturally and mutually opposed to something like the almighty dollar, but it's another thing entirely to work cooperatively together. Still, this is probably the biggest global financial development since Russia unexpectedly survived multiple waves of sanctions. And no doubt about it, that certainly drove them and many others who are paying attention in this direction. And the fact that there will be an objective foundation now for the alternative currency will make it extremely attractive to unaligned parties. In other words, again, those that have been paying attention and know that they could easily be next on the Biden-Fuhrer agenda. And if you're curious, yes, the real alternatives, even the paper versions of them, are up again this morning. Gold is up above 1925 for a fiat ounce, and silver is above 23 fiat bucks again. But don't forget that a bag of the real stuff still going to set you back 8 or 10 bucks an ounce more than that. From the Ignore Stories front, we've got this one. A sudden increase in Stevens-Johnson syndrome, or SJS, a rare and potentially fatal skin disorder, says Megan Redshaw, J.D., via the Epic Times, may be triggered by a number of things, including increased vaccination rates, maybe a lowered threshold caused by the vaccines or previous infections, or maybe COVID-19 itself. Guess which one is most likely, folks? But all of this has been revealed according to a large case series studied by researchers at the burn unit at Concord Repatriation General Hospital in Australia. Of the 14 reported cases of the rare disorder, five of them had COVID-19 a month before developing SJS-10, or toxic epidermal necrolysis, and three of those 14 patients received a COVID-19 Zyklon B injection, they called it a vaccine, one month prior. Still, though, notes the piece, not a single case of SJS-10, who could have thought it, was reported in, say it with me folks, an unvaccinated individual. Although SJS and 10 were once considered separate conditions, they're now part of the same disease, with SJS representing the less severe end of the spectrum and TEN the most. Still, due to its potentially fatal nature, SJS-10 is considered a medical emergency and patients are being treated in burn units. Here's another one. Remember how we haven't heard much for the last couple of days about France burning? Well, those ferocious migrant riots that took place for more than a week have now begun to spread, says a piece from Hal Turner's radio show. In Zurich, Switzerland, a passenger train locomotive was set afire. The video is linked. And at Jaiben, Germany, rioters hit the Eritrea Festival, beating up Germans as they encountered them. Here's a headline from the Daily Mail, and that's really all we need because it's not the least bit surprising. The White House, they note, almost like they're shocked and amazed, still has not named the cocaine culprit a full week after the drugs were discovered. Meanwhile, pressure grows on the Secret Service to track down the suspect as the Biden regime keeps changing their stories. Yeah, tell me something else that's new. Did you really expect otherwise? And by the way, I don't think track down the suspect is probably the right verb there. Here's another headline. Same source, same level of surprise. Hunter Biden prosecutor, it says, received in October 2020. What? That's almost three years ago. Briefing on claims that Joe Biden, the senile imposter, and his son received, this time it was five million bucks each in other bribes. And a Republican senator has demanded to know why that damning FBI memo wasn't investigated and the IRS wasn't informed. As if we didn't know blankety blanking well, folks. By the way, if you're curious, it was Senator Chuck Grassley who says there's been, quote, questionable and obstructive conduct by DOJ 
prosecutors. What a laughable misnomer. Oh, and by the way, here's another one. Same source, ultimately uh, same problem. Stop talking, says another headline from the Daily Mail. And this one's a lot closer to home for them. King Charles loses his cool and appears to scold a royal guardsman at Windsor Castle on Monday after a confused-looking Biden Fuhrer literally ignored the king and continued talking to a guardsman instead. Ultimately, they noted the guy who faced fury since he skipped the king's coronation in May was finally ushered off by the fellow that he was ignoring, the king of the New World Order. I guess if you actually read this piece, it probably suffices to say that the Brits weren't too impressed with the fellow impersonating a real president. I guess I might summarize it as more senility on parade. But I think the term you might find in scripture is the rest of the world is making a hissing sound. And as the week went on, the hissing got louder. We'll be right back. Welcome back now to the second segment for this evening. This is Mark Call, and I'm going to start this one off with a couple of stories to kind of grease the skids. First, from the Center for Death and Control, or now I'm beginning to think maybe we should call it the Center for Disgusting Crapola, and a new handout that they produce, paid for by taxpayers who don't know any better, called Health Equity Considerations. And as Sean Bradley Weitzerman puts it for the Gateway Pundit, it's another exercise in insanity, reminding anybody gullible enough to listen that, quote, an individual does not need to have given birth to breastfeed or chest feed, says the author in a three-page diatribe filled with false, woke interpretations of uh, pseudo-reality, this government agency tasked with equitably protecting health, safety, and security may now have reached maximum clown world potential. And uh, your cynical host has to say, no, they may be arcing up toward it, but don't sell them short yet. The problem with true insanity is they get better at it over time. On page one of the free-to-download pamphlet of... Uh, I'm going to put a different word in here than he does. Absolute BS. Americans are reminded that discrimination-based inequities have resulted in, quote, disparities in breastfeeding among different groups in the United States. And no, folks, they've moved beyond mere racism based on things like skin color at this point. And it's hard to think they could get even more absurd until, yep, they do. Page two of the handout says, remember, transgender and non-binary gendered individuals may give birth and breastfeed or feed at the chest, a.k.a. chest feed. The gender identity or expression of a transgender individual is different from their sex at birth. And the gender identity of non-binary gendered individuals, what a, what a load of crap, does not fit neatly into either man or woman. The hell with that Bible thing and the God that created you. These so-called scientists that can't tell an any from an Audi still know what they hate. But back to the taxpayer-funded crapola. 
And some families, it tells us as if that wasn't enough, have new preferred terminology for how they feed their babies, such as nursing, chest feeding, or now we've got an even more ridiculous one, body feeding. You know what? i got to pause and ask how long until they turn that word into something even more perverted. And you know exactly what I'm thinking. But wait, says the author, there's more. Literally, after a half a column of BS having to do with estrogen and anti-androgen, including spare anoxalone therapies, which may include progestin, estrogen therapy will reduce that. Yeah. Okay, after a bunch of ludicrous language tricks, in other words, says the story, masquerading as compassionate common sense, the learned scientists behind this bunch of BS and the protocol stumble finally upon the obvious, quote, inducing lactation may present more of a challenge for transgender individuals, unquote, and hey, not nearly as much of a challenge as producing anything that might need chest feeding. But as I said, folks, that's just to grease the skids, because yesterday, one of the most evil men currently residing in the District of Criminal Swamp, sadly, the current capo of the criminal entity known as the Federal Bunglers of Investigation, more on that in a second, Christopher Ray spent about five hours testifying before Congress, and that word even is an understatement. So let's start with the friendly coverage, in this case, the Daily Mail out of the UK, which says... FBI Director Christopher Wray insisted he is absolutely not working to protect the Biden crime family, as he claimed that the U.S. Gestapo agency, and they didn't put it that way, but I will, has not been politicized. (laughs) During a face-off with Republicans on the House Judiciary Committee. We'll get to some of the details in a second, but the first thing the Daily Mail mentions is that GOP representative from Florida, Matt Gates, displayed a text message allegedly sent by Hunter Biden, where the first crackhead son wrote to a Communist Chinese Party maven, notably identified as one of the chief bribery officials, Henry Zhao, on July 30th, 2017, demanding the kickbacks for a business deal, saying, I'm sitting here with my father, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, and we want to know why the commitment hasn't been fulfilled. You've heard it all before. If you don't get your news from PBS, that is. Said Gates to the SS Capo, you seem deeply uncurious about it, almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Here comes the lie, and you already know it. Absolutely not, said the FBI director. (laughs) No, I'm protecting the communist Chinese officials, the deep state, and all those people that are pulling his puppet strings. Not to mention my own sorry up to my armpits, you know what? I guess that's how you can uh, pull a Clintonian version of the truth and say, hey, I didn't commit perjury. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. It all depends on what the meaning of the word protect is. And who? From here, I think it's appropriate to go to some excerpts from Ray's test line before people like Matt Gates. Let's start with where Gates reads the uh, damning email from you-know-who, sitting right there with the big guy. In other words, that bribe demand to the Communist Chinese Party go-between. I'm sitting here with my father. I will make certain that between the man sitting next to me and every person he knows and my ability to forever hold a grudge, that you will regret not following my direction. I am sitting here waiting for the call with my father. Sounds like a shakedown, doesn't it, Director? I'm not going to get into commenting on that. You, you, you seem deeply uncurious about it, don't you? Almost suspiciously uncurious. Are you protecting the Bidens? Absolutely not. The FBI well, does not the has qu- no well, interest in You won't answer the question about whether or not that's a shakedown, and everybody knows why you won't answer it. 
Because to, ev- to the millions of people who will see this, they know it is. And your inability to acknowledge that is deeply revealing about you. Now, in fairness here, one thing Ray can't say is that, oh, no, no, we've been investigating this for years. And that means the fake president of the United States is under investigation. And we know about it since we allowed him, matter of fact, inserted him to be fake president of the United States. So, hey, that one, you know, blankety blank and well, he's been coached to stay well away from. But back to the congressional test lying here is deeply revealing about you. But let's go from the uncurious to the downright nosy. How many illegal FISA queries have occurred under your leadership of the FBI? Now, right there, full stop. This was clever, and there's a trap here, right? How many means we know there have been a bunch of them. How many are you going to admit to? Listen carefully. How many illegal FISA queries have occurred under your leadership of the FBI? Well, there are reports that have come out with different numbers about uh, compliance incidents. More than a million illegal ones? Because that's what the inspector general said. The inspector general said that in the 3.4 million of these queries, more than a million were in error. Do you have any basis to disagree with that, that assessment by the inspector general? Uh, I'm not... I'm not sure, actually, that's a, com- a correct characterization of the inspector general's uh, oh, well, findings on well, that. Well, the Internet will remind you but of I, that in moments. But, but let, let's now go to uh, what the, the court said. The court said it was over 200,000 that have occurred on your watch. W- would, do you have any basis to disagree with that assessment? Again, I don't have the numbers I sit here right now. What I can Seems like you- a number you should know. How many times the FBI's breaking the law under your watch, especially if it's like over a million to not know that number, and I'm worried about your veracity on the subject as well. Play, this, play the video. So he plays the video, a little bit more of what looks clearly like perjury, but hey, we're used to that, right? Here we go. So, so there, Senator Lee's asking you whether or not FISA was in any way involved in your January 6th investigation, and you say no. It, was that truthful? I said that I did not believe it was. Okay, so now let's pull up what the court said, which is something a little different than what you said. And here follows more evidence of utterly criminal wrongdoing. No surprise, again, to those that are paying attention. Yeah, here we go. Right there it says, The government has reported additional significant violations of the querying standard, including several relating to the January 6, 2021 breach of the Capitol. So I guess the question, Director Ray, is did, did you not know when you were answering these questions that the FBI was engaging in these illegal searches, or did you perjure yourself to Senator Lee? I certainly didn't perjure myself. At the time that I testified in front of the Senate Judiciary Committee, uh, I didn't have that piece of information. I will add... Well, that was a court order. You didn't have that piece of information because the court hadn't yet rendered a judgment. Did you not know when you gave the untruthful answer before Senator Lee that this was going on? It was a, it was a truthful answer. I did not believe FISA had been involved in the January But it was. So you didn't... The answer is the FBI has broken so bad that people can go and engage in queries that when you come before the Congress to answer questions, you're like blissfully ignorant. You're blissfully ignorant as to the unlawful queries. You're blissfully ignorant as to the Biden shakedown regime. The term that you may have heard, folks, after which Nixon eventually resigned in disgrace was plausible deniability. But this goes way, way beyond that. This guy's either so incompetent, absolutely ignorant, that he should have been fired and never put into this slot in the first place, or... Well, obviously, he's exactly the slime that he appears to be. And it just seems like it gets into a kind of a creepy place as well. Go to our, our next image on what the court said. Like, just so the American people realize, the, the court has smacked you down, alleging or ruling 
FBI personnel apparently conducted queries for improper personal reasons. People were looking themselves up. They were looking their ex-lovers up. Who has been held accountable or fired as a consequence of the FBI using the FISA process as their, like, creepy personal snoop machine? There have been instances in which individuals uh, have had disciplinary action uh, and they were no longer with it. I, I can't get into it here, but we can follow back up but with don't you. See, don't you see that that's kind of the thing, Director Ray, that... And basically what he says, and I'll cut to the chase, you preside over a criminally evil anti-constitutional enforcement arm or muscle for the corrupt deep state. This next clip is really informative, given what we've learned recently about FBI meddling in the election while lying about it the whole time and saying, oh, no, we could care less about the First Amendment. I'm sorry. No, we're not using surrogates. No, I'm sorry. We just don't want you to be able to trust the process, whether it's us or the things that we're slamming down your throat after we rig an election. I'll preface this the way most of the coverage that's objective does. Remember that U.S. District Judge Terry Doherty ruled on Independence Day that the Biden regime, including the DOJ and the lawless FBI, needed to immediately halt. And Big Brother was really upset about that. They've already filed an emergency appeal saying we want to continue doing what we've been doing. Anyway, they needed to halt their censorship of American citizens online and on socialist media. And it really upset them. So here's Wyoming Representative Harriet Hageman who took the criminal whoremeister to task. And as Jim Hoff notes for TGP, it was downright delicious. Take a listen. Does the FBI intend to continue to have such meetings leading up to the 2024 election to police election-related speech? Well, we're not going to be policing. Now, in fact, on this one, I have to go with him. He's correct. They're not policing. They're outright stifling anything they don't want you to hear. But back to the clip. To police election-related speech? Well, we're not going to be policing. That's what you that's speech. what you previously did. Uh, that's not I do not agree with that. description. OK, well, what here's we what I would say. This committee has learned that the FBI acted to, quote, discredit leaked information about Hunter Biden before and after it was published that, quote, Twitter's contact with the FBI was constant and pervasive and as if it were a subsidiary and that, quote, a surprisingly high number are requests by the FBI for Twitter to take down on action, take action on election misinformation, even involving joke tweets from low follower accounts. Are you aware that that has been reported? I am aware of some of what the committee has found in its report, okay. but Director, I, I will add that I'm not sure I agree with the findings. But that's the, what we found. Uh, Director Way, you and I both know that the federal government is forbidden from doing indirectly what it cannot do directly. In other words, neither you nor the FBI have any legal authority to circumvent the First Amendment by using a surrogate to do your dirty work. Yet that is exactly what you have been doing. The Bureau, under your watch, has been using proxies to violate the First Amendment. Were you the person who gave the orders to use these social media companies to violate the First Amendment, violate Americans' First Amendment rights? Again, I don't agree with your description of our engagement with so social who, media companies. So, so who made the decision to use social media companies as a proxy to suppress the First Amendment rights of American citizens. Because I don't believe that's what we did, I'm not sure there's anyone that would have made such a decision. Do you really expect the American public to believe that you were not involved in the decisions related to using social media companies to suppress the First Amendment rights of, of, of American citizens? I can't help what people will believe or not. I can only speak to what the facts are. 
The facts are that this son of a bitch is a liar, that they have been literally stifling speech, and that it's outright fascism, which is the public-private partnership that says we will use surrogates to decide what you peons aren't allowed to hear, or if we feel like it, we'll propagandize you in exactly the opposite direction. And hey, guess what? We win because we inserted our scumbag, communist Chinese puppet, right there in the Oval Orifice, and ha-ha, look what we're doing to you. How are you going to stop us? And yeah, maybe the American people can watch him lie on TV, but so far at least, nothing has actually been done. Other than the fact that every single American who's been paying attention now knows exactly just how far this has really gone. And that at least is something, even if the system is so corrupt that you can't expect them to take any action whatsoever to restore the rule of law. And there was hour after hour of testifying, folks, that I don't even have time to cover here. But you get the gist. So let's put a wrapper on at least a bit of it this way. With kudos to Matt Gates, this is how his section ended up. Even though the recordings I saw online seem to have been truncated at the end, amazingly. People trusted the FBI more when J. Edgar Hoover was running the place than when you are. And the reason is because you don't give straight answers. You give answers that, that later a court deems aren't true. And then at the end of the day, you won't criticize an obvious shakedown when it's directly in front of us. And it appears as though you're whitewashing the conduct of corrupt people. Respectfully, Congressman, in your home state of Florida, the number of people applying to come work for us and devote their lives working for us is over up over 100 percent. We're deeply proud of them. And they, he said, deserve better than you. Although I do think it's fair, folks, to ask just what kind of people would want to join an organization so demonstrably corrupt. From there, let's go very briefly to this no surprise, no brainer. As Zero Hedge puts it, update. The Secret Service on Thursday announced that it's now closed the so-called investigation into how Coke ended up at the White House without identifying a suspect, which means, you know, blankety blank and well, they know exactly whose Coke it was, or maybe it was everybody's. Like less corrupt administrations used to have a common coffee pot. And I guess it's fair to point out here, other stories have mentioned, yeah, that coke could have been there for a long time, days, weeks, months, anyway. Who knows? I will read you the official BS, quote, there was no surveillance video footage found, which means they got rid of it, that provided investigative leads or any other means for investigators, sick, to identify who may have deposited the substance found in this area, they said, and without physical evidence, wink, wink, nudge, nudge, we got rid of it. Remember how on every TV show you've ever seen, fingerprints and DNA always identify the suspect? Ha! The investigation will not be able to single out a person of interest from the hundreds of individuals, yeah, that tells you a lot, doesn't it, who passed through the vestibule where the cocaine was discovered. At this time, they said, and this is telling, the Secret Service's investigation, sick and double sick, is closed due to a lack of physical evidence, unquote. And maybe they could ask Hitlery or the FBI exactly how it's done, as if they didn't at this point have a pretty good clue. Gee, come to think of it, maybe they did. Here's another story, similar concept, different aspect of the problem, and yeah, we've heard this one before too. It's just that more and more information keeps coming out saying it's even worse than has already been admitted, but you knew that. From Mike Lachance via the Gateway Pundit, new to release documents now confirm what millions of Americans have believed for quite some time now, that members of the Obama regime, that would be Obama one, prior to the latest senile imposter, actively did whatever they could to sabotage the incoming Trump administration that wasn't supposed to win 
if you recall, back in 2016 because they hadn't rigged it quite as effectively as they later managed to accomplish. People like General Here's another story, similar concept, different aspect of the problem, and yeah, we've heard this one before too. It's just that more and more information keeps coming out saying it's even worse than has already been admitted, but you knew that. From Mike Lachance via the Gateway Pundit, newly released documents now confirm what millions of Americans have believed for quite some time now, that members of the Obama regime, that would be Obama 1, prior to the latest senile imposter, actively did whatever they could to sabotage the incoming Trump administration that wasn't supposed to win if you recall, back in 2016 because they hadn't rigged it quite as effectively as they later managed to accomplish. They come from the National Security Sick Agency and they tell at least part of the story of a final month rush by the outgoing regime to torpedo the incoming elected presidency of Donald Trump. The Daily Signal obtained a bunch of FOIA documents showing that Obama regime officials, including the big guy himself, gained access to secret information about then-Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, President-elect Trump's choice for national security security advisor, and they wanted to make blankety-blanking sure that wasn't going to happen. Hey, and guess where they ended right back up after the stolen election? Here's a story that's been getting a lot of coverage in the alternative media. It should, but it shouldn't surprise us either. Major Biden crime family whistleblower Dr. Gal Luff has been seized by the Biden crime family Gestapo, a.k.a. the DOJ, which previously indicted the whistleblower just one week after he released a video detailing various criminal allegations against the bribe-taking, treasonous Biden crime family. The dual U.S.-Israeli citizen was hit with an eight-count indictment and charged with a number of offenses, most of which have already passed the statute of limitations. But hey, if you're blowing the whistle against the regime, that doesn't matter. And ironically, most of the crimes are actually things that the Biden family has been getting away with, and uh, that shouldn't surprise anybody either. Things having to do with FARA and foreign agent registration, which again, if you're taking bribes, even from the same foreign entities... Obviously, you don't want to do with the State Department. That's evidently what kickbacks after rigging the election are all about. But on the other hand, you peons had better watch out. Dr. Gal Luff released a 14-minute video to the New York Post on Thursday last week detailing damning allegations against the Biden Fuhrer and his family in a massive international bribery scheme that, uh, nope, they kept under wraps until well after the rigged election. He made the fatal mistake of thinking that if he came forward and provided information about the real criminals, they would be the ones to get arrested. It was filmed in an undisclosed location, but somehow the Justice Department found out about it and nailed him. And it has to do with the fact that Luft was an advisor to CEFC, a communist Chinese so-called energy foundation and business conglomerate with extremely close ties both to the communist Chinese party and Hunter Biden et al. Gal Luft said he was arrested in Cyprus in order to stop him from testifying before the House Oversight Committee. At one point, he was justifiably afraid he might be a fugitive for the rest of his life. Now, I guess he's got other things to worry about. And the real question, folks, is whether he'll survive what they've got planned for him next. Here next, the story your host has been thinking about one way or another now for quite a while. But Front Page Mag came right out and said it. Automakers are making electric cars, but no one wants them. So no one's buying them. The media, though, is preparing to blame car dealers. And, of course, those who know better don't want to buy this crap. Uh, pardon my bluntness, folks, but that's what's necessary at this point. Get woke, go broke is the old saying, or at least the relatively old saying. Much like soy meat substitutes were supposed to be the huge new thing until it turned out most people were perfectly happy eating real meat and then realized, ooh, it's worse for you than we thought. A combination of government bribes and uh, coercion. 
aka pressure, ESG, and elite echo chambers has led a lot of automakers to start making electric cars that people just couldn't afford and have now realized they didn't want anyway. The nationwide supply of these soon-to-be white elephants has swelled nearly 350% this year to more than 92,000 units, which turns out to be a 92-day supply, roughly three months' worth of EV sales, and nearly twice the industry average. And for comparisons, dealers have a relatively low 54 days' worth of actual gasoline-powered vehicles in inventory as they rebound from pandemic-related supply chain interruptions. And in normal times, there's usually a roughly 70-day supply, which is a bit of a problem. Remember, the official five-year plan, and if that sounds a lot like communist China, it should, is to begin wiping out real internal combustion engine cars by 2030. They've already pretty well killed Volkswagen and fuel-efficient diesel-powered cars. They're working on trucks now. And let's be clear here, the goal is to force you into these things because there won't be any alternative. But ironically, pretty soon you'll realize there won't be enough power grid to charge the things they've already sold anyway. But nah, doesn't matter. You'll never be able to put replacement batteries in them either. So the real goal is you won't have a car at all. But who knows, by that time you may not care because you won't have food either. Continues Daniel Greenfield for Front Page Mag. Ford expects to sell 2 million EVs in 2025, up from 61,000 and a half last year. How do you go from selling tens of thousands to millions? The car maker didn't even sell 2 million cars in 2023. How do they expect to sell 2 million of some kind of vehicle that nobody wants? The Ford investment in Rivian fared poorly with the trendy electric pickup truck manufacturer spending 220,000 bucks to make vehicles that they sold at a loss for just 81k. Ford's going to lose a whole lot of money, something like three billion bucks in electric cars in 2023. Does that sound a lot like Anheuser-Busch or Target? Maybe there's a common denominator here. We don't make or sell things people want. We have an agenda to cram down their throats. Likewise, GM, which sold less than 40,000 of these things in 2022, claims they plan to sell a million EVs by 2025. And yep, says Daniel Greenfield, we're already getting a preview of the party's messaging, which will blame car dealers for failing to sell consumers cars they don't want at prices they can't afford with money they don't have while refusing to sell them cars that they do want. Even so, notes Greenfield, and ironically, while over half of consumers feel EVs are the future, whether they like it or not, only 31% of dealers do, because half of them still feel like EVs need to prove themselves in the marketplace. Meanwhile, the expensive white elephants continue to pile up in dealer inventory. And I guess in a way, folks, that's good news. At least if you don't let it into your garage, it may not catch fire and take your house with it, and there won't be enough power in the grid to charge the things wherever they sit. Guess I'll say it again, don't be fooled.